One of the interesting items, a menu item on some DVDs this day, if you've watched a movie at home, is that you can flip on balloon commentaries that are displaying interesting tidbits of information throughout the movie that you're watching. I don't quite know why anyone would want to do that all the way through the movie. It is very distracting to try to read all of this extraneous information. But I will say that I have tried it out on a couple of occasions, and it is interesting because they tell you things that you would not normally be thinking about, at least, or you may not even know. I mean, for instance, if you put in the DVD of The Sound of Music, um, and there Maria is on the screen, it may be that a word balloon would form above her head that would say, this is Julie Andrews, the actress who is of some renown uh, from theater in London, and also even more so from a subsequent movie called Mary Poppins, in which she was very popular. Or it may be that there is a little word balloon over one of the mountains that reminds you that this film was filmed almost um, in its entirety on location in the Alps, and that the von Trapp family uh, that escaped Austria at, uh, during uh, World War II made their way to the United States and were forever beleaguered with uh, discussions of who should inherit the wealth of the story and who did it belong to. All kinds of extraneous information. Now, it's interesting that as we enter this story, that Jesus comes to the table and there is a lot going on. Now, John, who is not one who is known for being concise in his assessment of scenes, um, should be credited with not going into even greater detail than he has gone in this passage. There are a lot of word balloons, however, that are going on in his mind as he is writing this. And I hope that you're picking up on some of the things that are behind the scenes. Um, here, there's a statement about Martha in particular. Did you pick up on that? It says simply, there they gave a dinner for him, speaking about Jesus, and Martha served. If you remember how Luke handled this passage, uh, Martha's presence, at least in the 10th chapter, he told the story of how Martha was peeved with uh, Mary, to put it bluntly. He, he, uh, he was sharing a, a side of Martha that wasn't so wonderful. And yet here in John's telling, he is making sure that we know that Martha was not complaining of her situation. She was simply serving in her wonderfully gifted way of knowing how to share a meal Something else is going on here, it seems. Lazarus, here at the table, waiting on Jesus. And as he has this smile on his face that cannot be wiped off because you remember, as the word balloon would say if John had put it in there, Lazarus is the one that Jesus just raised from the dead. Incredibly important information to know when you come to this table with Jesus. And Mary, who is so completely wrapped up in Jesus as she always has been, 
And do you remember that there is a threat not only against Jesus' life, the Pharisees and scribes who wish to have him arrested, but they also have a threat against Lazarus who is seated there at the table in the ninth through the 11th verses uh, that was not read in this uh, passage this morning. It says, when the great crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest planned to put Lazarus to death as well. Not just Jesus, but anybody who had close contact with Jesus, anyone who was going to add to the assembly of those that were following Jesus, those two were in danger's way. And some have suggested that this meal that Jesus had with his dear friends may have been sort of a pre-Seder meal, a feast a week before the feast that he was about to have with his disciples. I don't know, that seems plausible to me. Our family stretches out celebrations. Does yours? I mean, I turned 60 this week and I've gotten five days into birthday celebration now (laughs) and I haven't tired of it yet. Our daughters have said that they want to have a little family celebration sometime between Sue's birthday and mine and so in April I'm going to celebrate again. (laughs) What a wonderful thing to stretch these celebrations. Here at this table, Jesus was fully present with his close friends and he was sharing with them this sense of a last opportunity to be with them. He risked even going to Bethany. Bethany, which is just outside the doors of Jerusalem, a suburb of that great city, was a very dangerous place for him to be. And yet he went there in order to share with them this meal. Who is at the table? Who is at the table? I remember in our family when I was growing up, even though there were only five members of the family, there was always a sixth that was present, Walter Cronkite. (laughs) My dad would grab the little TV that we had that was on a stand with rollers and he would pull it over and we would sit there when the meal was finished, we would sit there and watch the evening news and then he would want to discuss it all and to put his theological perspective on what Walter Cronkite had just said to us. I can imagine that, that there was this deep sense that even when Jesus was not present, he was present in that house. But when he was actually present, it was electrifying for Mary and Martha and Lazarus, whose lives were completely attuned to his I imagine Jesus received many gifts throughout his life, small gifts of kindness from people. But this gift of the perfume was overwhelming. It was such a generous, a generous measure from the very heart of Mary that it was beyond compare. In fact, as Judas saw this playing out, He was incensed by the situation. Was it the perfume? Was it her kneeling down before him? The 
disgrace of having her use her hands, her hair, in order to, to bathe the feet of Jesus. It says that his comment was, this was a year's wage. This was worth 300 denarii. And he really was saying, what a waste, what a waste. If this had been sold, just think of how many people could have been blessed, how many poor could have been cared for. But this is where a real word balloon occurs in scripture. This is not pretend because John actually does put the word balloon in here. And in parentheses, if you look in your Bibles, you'll see it too. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Can you imagine that popping up above Judas's head? John wants to make sure that we get the idea of who it is that is saying this. What was this gift that Mary brought? In the Revised Standard Version that has been read this morning, it says, Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. Gail O'Day, who is a professor at at Emory University shared the translation that she feels like gets it a little bit more right than the NRSV, which is a strange thing because those Candler professors are always wanting to focus on the NRSV. But she said the NIV, in her mind, gets it closer with the translation from the Greek in this passage. She says, what really is said there is, leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she save this perfume for the day of my burial. Not something that she went out to purchase, as if she could purchase something that would be so expensive, but that this had been saved. Can you imagine with me that it may have been Lazarus that had gifted her with this, something that he had been added to over the course of her life or something that he had purchased when she was just a child and put up high on a shelf. This was her dowry that was to be brought out perhaps at the time of her wedding. And she goes and grabs it and Lazarus looks on approvingly. And she kneels down and she pours all of this perfume onto Jesus's feet And the beautiful fragrance fills the house. But you know it's not about the perfume, don't you? This story is not about the perfume. This story truly is about the offering of herself to God. Not so much unlike the wise men that traveled such a great distance bringing to Jesus these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It wasn't about the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It was about their paying homage to a new king in their lives. They're believing that Jesus had come for them. This was a gift of great significance, the outpouring of perfume. But what Jesus cares about, has always cared about, and to this day cares, is does this represent your life? I remember that I had precious great aunts on my father's side of the family who used to give us gifts. It would be small amounts of money on birthdays and at Christmas, but they also would wrap up socks. Now, 
for an eight, nine, ten-year-old, how do you get excited about socks? It was sort of one of those things that we had to open. We knew what was in the package. We could feel it. We knew what was in the package. And we would open them and, and mother would coach us before we did, you know, be happy. You know, these are nice socks, you know. But I had an uncle on my dad's side of the family after whom I was named. He was Bill, I was Bill. And one day he came to me and he said, I want to buy you a bicycle. And he wanted to arrange it with my parents to carry me to a store. And when we went into the store, he said, you can have any bicycle you want, any bicycle that you want. And I truly believe he meant that. I ended up with a little red high-rise banana seat bicycle that I rode with such fervor. It meant so much to me. I still remember it to tell you about it today. It was a gift of himself, wasn't it? It was a gift of himself, not just the bicycle, but it was a gift of himself to me on that occasion. A week later, Jesus goes to have that Seder meal with his disciples, this last supper, and he ends up washing the disciples' feet. I can't help but think that he thought that Mary got it right with him, and so why not repeat the measure? Or maybe he's the one that planted the idea in Mary's heart in the beginning. Here we come to the table today. And the question that should be before us is how are we offering ourselves to Christ? In this moment is a great opportunity. You may think to yourself, I didn't bring gold or frankincense and myrrh. I didn't bring perfume. But you brought yourself. How are you offering yourself to Christ. Will you follow him to this table of grace?